of Genesis chapter 50, verse 15 through 21, and we'll be reading from the New King James Version. Amen? When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, Perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph, saying, Before your father died, he commanded, saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Dear Lord, we give you thanks, honor, and glory for your precious word. We ask you, Lord, that you will give us revelation, wisdom, understanding, knowledge that comes from above. So that we can make this, Father, dear God, part of our life. What? Your word, I say, Lord. Father, we thank you. And the church of God says... You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. God is good. Look at the person next to you and say, your purpose, your past serves a purpose. Your past serves a purpose. Your past, the things that you have gone through, the things that you're currently going through. The things that you're currently going through right now will be your past, but they all serve a purpose. Amen? God is good. Every tear has a story. Every scar reveals a story. Live long enough and you'll bleed. Many of us, at times, try to make sense of our current situations. Now, keep this in mind. There are things that you bring upon yourself and there are things that you don't bring upon yourself and there's a difference between the two things that come out of nowhere happen for a reason but things that come to you that you brought upon yourself are called consequences and and many times we try to make sense out of many things, but in the midst of trying to make sense out of many things, we lose sight of what we cause and what we didn't cause. And we have to define both. Many of you right now, as I'm speaking, are paying the consequences for the pre uh, premature decisions you made. Meaning decisions that you made based on feelings and emotions and not on truth. And some of you are, are, are not owning up to that. And, and you believe and think in your mind that it's the devil. It's not the devil. It was you. And then there's other things that come from God towards you for your life, for the improvement of your character as you walk towards your destiny. Does that make any sense? The story of Joseph was that story. So when we read the Bible, we have to read the Bible exactly the way God intended for us to read it. We cannot identify ourselves as biblical characters because your story is not the person's next to you story. So Joseph's story is not your story. Moses' story is not your story. Paul's story is not your story. Jesus' story is not your story. Your story is your story. Now we learn from the people in the Bible what they went through, the challenges that they faced, and how their attitude determined their altitude. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you never say, oh, I'm going through what Mary went through. I'm going through what Paul went through. I'm going through what Job went through. I'm going through what Joseph is going through. No, 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 you're not. And you wish you didn't go through what they went through. Because if you only knew what they went through, you only know half of the story. 
You don't know the whole story. So never compare yourself to someone else. You'll be inviting things that you shouldn't be inviting into your life. Be you. Look at your neighbor and say, be you. There's nobody better than you. And there's no one like you. Amen? So, at one point in our lives, everything's going to make sense. Everything's going to make sense. Even the things that you don't understand today, one day they will make sense. Are you hearing me, church? Everything serves a purpose. Whether we caused it or it came our way. Everything serves a purpose. But at times we lose sight of that. And we get caught up in the storm instead of flying over the storm. We need to learn how to fly over the storm and not get caught up in the storm. Now, pastor, how do you do that? There's indication that there's a storm coming. You could feel it in the air. You could see it in the, in, in the sky. Many of you are going through a, special, a, a, a spiritual storm. But you knew you were going to go in through that storm. Because you felt it. You knew that feeling. But you never prepare yourself for that storm. And now you're in the midst of the storm. And you're trying to find a way out. Let me tell you something. You can't survive this storm right now in your life. If you apply some biblical principles to your life. First of all, God is in control. And those who abide under the shadow of the mighty one, God is faithful to keep them. So if you fail to recognize that, you will drown. But if you say, my God will see a way for me out of this storm, then I know that I'm going to survive. Many of us have been victims of our past instead of using our past as an act or a bridge of victory. Look around you. Look around your life. How many people you know don't even exist today and you're still here? And you're still here. Every day serves a purpose. Your biggest enemy will be you, not the devil. You, you, not your wife, not your husband, not your kids, not your boss, not your next door neighbor, not the president of the United States of America. You. And when you don't have information or accurate information and you don't have power from God, you become powerless. You will become a victim of you. That's why Joseph was the man that God selected to save his family, even though it, it made no sense in his life. But we see that Joseph's attitude was the attitude that all Christians should have. My God will make a way where there's no way. But many of us fall into a ditch and we stay there. Let me tell you something. How many of you ever gone fishing? For those that never gone fishing, you know that, that you see uh, uh, fishes are being pulled out of the water or the ocean or the river or the lake, right? What does that fish do? It fights. Why is that fish fighting? Because the fish knows that it's being pulled out of its element. So the fish will not give up without a fight. Many of us are not pulled out of our element. We pull ourselves out of our element and we don't even fight. We make it easy for the enemy to defeat us because we give them every legal right. We don't even stand in a rightful place. We don't even put up a fight. And then we ask God, where are you? And God says, I'm exactly where you left me. Are you hearing me, church? Look at your neighbor and say, your past serves a purpose. Everything you've gone through in life, 
Everything you're going to go through in life will serve for good. Amen. Give God a round of applause. The Bible is full of inspiration. It's full of hope. We find the meaning of life and definitely we find our place in the kingdom of God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says, So God created mankind in his image and in his image he created him and them. Male and female, he created them. In other words, that's where you receive your identity and your DNA. If you don't know who you are, you definitely ain't going to know where you're going in life. So God from the beginning created you unique differently than everyone that has ever existed. Even if you're an identical twin, you're still not the same. Are you hearing me? The father of Joseph was a twin to Esau. And the Bible illustrates that story that both of them were fighting for inside the womb. Some of you have been fighting. <laughs> ask your parents. Or better say, ask your mom. How tough it was those nine months. In there fighting. Fighting. She had all kinds of different desires for, for things that are not even eatable. But that was you, that was you, that was you, that was you, that was you. And you made it this far. And you want to give up now? The reason why many Christians give up is because they don't know who they are. But if the Bible teaches us that God created us in His image and likeness, that means that I do have an identity... And I do have a DNA. My job is not to convince you of who you are. My job is to educate you and to teach you who God called you to be. It's your responsibility to accept that. That's why when people see me, they say, oh, pastor, you're cocky. No, I'm confident. When you know who you are, you stand in your rightful place. You have a voice. Many of us are voiceless. Why? Because we don't know who we are. We let people walk all over us. We let anyone just speak to us however we feel. And then we blame God for that. How do we blame God? Our actions speak louder than words. We don't have to say much. Are you hearing me, church? In the Bible, we find our purpose. According to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special purpose that you declare praises to Him who has called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. And you still don't know who you are? And, and you don't know where you're going in life? The reason why sometimes we forget that is because we don't read this. We read everything else that every other Tom, Dick, and Harry has to say, but we don't read what God has to say about us. Do you care that I care, that I know, that I don't know, that I how many likes I have, or how many friends I have on Facebook, or how many comments have been given, or what has been said about me? I don't care about none of that because none of that defines me. And that should be you too. Now if you're carried by every wind, you will be subject to every storm. There are storms that you get yourself involved in. Because the weatherman has been saying, don't go out. But you want to be he-man and she-man. And in today's generation, she-man, he-man, he-man, she-man. You don't know who's he-man. Amen? I'm just saying. And then we want to take all of that confusion and try to sum it to the Word of God and try to make sense. No, 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 no. First of all, 
The Bible gives you a perspective view of who God is. The Bible speaks about God's character and his nature. So if the Bible says that God created all things, why are you acting like a coward? Why are you acting like a beggar? If God created all things, why are you a beggar? Why are you homeless in the kingdom of God? Why are you a stranger in the kingdom of God? You will only tolerate whatever you want to tolerate. And many of us have settled for less. We have no idea who we are in Christ Jesus. Are you hearing me, church? First of Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says very clearly that we are chosen people. Chosen by who? By God. Somebody. That means that you are somebody. And, and that means that you were chosen because he knew that you were precious. And that you were something valuable. And you're still having a fight with you. God is not lost. We are lost. The Holy Spirit serves as the compass of life and many other things. But when we don't have any direction in life, we're just pushed and for and tossed by every wind that comes our way. Anything that blows, anything that, 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 that takes us out of God's purpose and will, we are subject to. When you know who you are, you have a place. And definitely a voice. Don't let anyone or anything get you out your place. Now some of us are very clumsy. I'm going to be real. We know what God expects from us, but we decide not to do that. God wants to bless us in ways that we never thought or even imagined, but we don't even give ourselves the point of the day or time to make adjustments in our lives. God wants to promote you, bring you to a place that you have never dreamed of, but you can't even get up on time. But then you demand God to do something that he cannot do, and that's you. You can only do you. And you know best. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, if God wants to bless you with a job, you have to get up early in the morning and polish that resume. Put yourself together. And the blessings of God will follow you. But if you're waiting for God to put you together, that's not going to happen. You do the possible, God does the impossible. At one point in my life, I was a hot mess. And I began to read the word. And I started doing the possible. Getting up early in the morning. Seeking the presence of God. Dressing myself accordingly. Walking in authority. And God began to open doors that I couldn't open. That was impossible. But God did it because I positioned myself in the place of the blessing. Rather than the curse. Are you hearing me church? A few weeks ago. I came across a unique situation. There was a certain minister. Saying things about me. Now me being the man that I am. I understand that when you're under authority. And you're a person of the kingdom of God. There are certain things that you cannot sweep under the rug. They have to be addressed. And sometimes we're waiting for God to address certain issues in our lives. When God is saying, I'm not going to address those issues. You need to address those issues. Because when you address things, you begin to develop your character. So when I met with this minister, we had a small talk. Later on the day, I thought about the conversation and I said to myself, you know, regardless of what people might think, that it might sound petty or, or, or I shouldn't have done that. At the end of the day, it shows that I'm a man of authority 
And it also reflects the principles that I stand in. Because I learned something from him and he learned something from me. But sometimes we want to sweep things under the rug. We don't want to address certain things. You see certain behaviors in your wife or in your husband, in your children. And you don't want to address them. You just want to sweep them under the rug. Sweep them under the rug. And before you know it, the rug is so full of so many things that you trip over the same rug. And now you trip, you busted yourself, now you're upset, now you're having a fit. Now everybody around you has to hear about your tripping fall. When in reality, you caused it to begin with. If you don't like certain people to talk to you a certain way, let them know. If you don't want somebody joking around you or, 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 or feeling free, let them know in a respectful way. But don't get upset when they do it and you never addressed it. Your character is built on your principles. Don't demand something you ain't giving. You want people to respect you? Respect. Give respect back. Amen? Give God a round of applause. This past week, I came across a situation at my job. I was very upset about the situation. And then I started thinking, wait a minute, I've been here for a while. That means I have rights, don't I? Whatever you put into, you will benefit from. Am I right or wrong? And I said, I'm going to address this situation because I have rights. Now, I addressed the situation to the best of my ability and knowledge and understanding of the situation. To my surprise, when I addressed this situation, the individual that I was talking to, who was my authority, said to me, you are right in what you're saying. And you have the right. Now B, I could have swept it under the rug or let it slide. But then I thought about if I let that slide and I sweep it under the rug, it will soon become a pile. And if I set myself up for that, I can't blame nobody but who? But me. So I decided to go into prayer, to go into intercession. And I walked in that office and, and, and I pleaded my case respectfully. I didn't walk in there ratchetly. I didn't walk in there trying try, try to, to make a statement. I walked in there trying to make a point. There's a difference between a statement and a point. I was making a point. Some of you make statements instead of points. And that's the problem. You got to identify what you're dealing with. You can't come up, 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 rough, all up, uh, heartbeated, half asleep, mad and angry, and expecting that people are going to listen to you and in return, they might knock you out. Like some of y'all, y'all can't even go to the mall in peace. Y'all can't even go to the store in peace. Somebody beat the horn, you mad and angry. Check your heart. When people beat the horn at me, you know what's that indication? Move out the way. So I move out the way. They're in a rush. Let them go. And they're speeding, right? And they bypass me. And then I drive by a few miles and I see that the police pull them over. Or in, in, in one case, I remember I was driving to Vermont. Me and my wife, we were driving up there for the first time. It began to snow, so we put on our hazard lights, and we were taking a sweet time. We were going like 45 on a, on a 65-mile-per-hour highway. But I was just taking my time. And all these cars were just bypassing me. And they were flashing their fingers. You name it. They were flashing fingers. They were flashing lights. They were beeping horns. They were all about and then at two miles later, we see them all in a ditch. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And we made it safely and sound to our destination. Many of us don't make it to our destination because we get, what the heck? Hey, what are you doing? Are you stopping the car? You Oh, Thank God people got phones now. They'll, they'll film you and they'll put you on World Star acting up a fool. And then you'll be like, Pastor, that wasn't me. That, yeah, I promise you, it wasn't me. I just had a bad day. I'm going to say to you what God's going to say to you. Grow up. 
Grow up. Give God a round of applause, church. The story of Joseph is a story that reminds us that the past serves a purpose to the future. We notice that a few events took place in the life of Joseph. First of all, Joseph was one of of the 12 sons of Jacob. He happened to be the 11th son. Jacob had him at the age of 91. Say aging, not but a number. 91 years old. There's a lot of oil still in the tank. We got 40-year-old people talking about they old. They ain't talking about me because I ain't old. I still can hang in any place at any time. Me and my wife, we went out. We we stayed up until like 12 o'clock. We were eating. We were having a good time. And my wife looked at me and said, Pastor, we young. And I said, I know we young. But when I went in that car and she began to drive, I started falling asleep. And she said to me, baby, what happened? I said, I guess I was reminded of my age. God is good. Amen. Joseph had a dream. When he was a young man, that dream turned into a nightmare the moment he shared it with his brothers and his father. They hated him. His father decided to make him a coat of many colors. And that gave more fuel to the fire that his brothers were upset to see their youngest brother approved by the father. And his father gave him a coat of many colors. So... In their minds, they began to plot against him. They hated him so much. At the age of 17, Joseph was sold into slavery. In the midst of that, Joseph now finds himself in the hands of the second most powerful person in Egypt, Potiphar. And Potiphar bites him and brings him into his house, into his palace. And and Potiphar learns and sees that God is with him. Everything that Joseph touched, everything that Joseph is a part of begins to bloom, begins uh, to show its fruit. In the midst of that, Potiphar's wife became a desperate housewife. In layman's term, she was a cougar. So this young, beautiful, handsome, well-built young man, just like me, was making sure that the house of his master was taken, was taken care of better than his. And this cougar, this desperate housewife for nine years, according to history, Continue to provoke the anointed man of God. She will walk around in her Victoria's Secret outfits. Leaving the sense and aroma of love, which is lust, in the air. And the man said, I cannot touch that. That's where Hansi Hammer got that song, Can't Touch This. It was inspired by Joseph's story. That's a joke. It's a joke. Let's laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Come on. Sometimes we come to church and we're so serious that we lose sight of that. And in the midst of that, Joseph still served his master. Joseph did not lay a hand on her. Joseph kept away from her. And in the midst of her feeling rejected, she said, now I'm going to catfish him. I'm going to accuse him of something. Let me tell you something, new generation, new millenniums. I know y'all think y'all better than us old folks. But let me tell you something about life. History repeats itself. Everything that you're living right now, we gone through it. We just use a different terminology than y'all. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So she accuses him. They throw him in jail. Okay. 
First, he's sold and betrayed by his brothers. He's brought into a strange land, not as a servant, as a slave, meaning that he didn't have any rights. Everything that he did was at his master's desire. And now this cougar, this desperate housewife, this Victoria's Secret model decides to provoke him. He doesn't fall. He doesn't give in to the bait. And now he's being accused. He's not even given a fair trial. They throw him into jail. And there he is for two years. And the Bible says that everything that Joseph did, even in jail, he found the favor of God. What's your dilemma today? It goes back to identity. Amen? Now understand this. Now Joseph is in jail, and he's 28 years old. And he interprets the dream of two of the men that serve Pharaoh, the butler and the baker. He tells them their dreams. He says, this is what the Lord, and this is the interpretation of the dream. And it happens exactly like he said, or God revealed it to him. In the midst of his desperation of wanting to come out of that pit, Joseph says to the, uh, the butler, Hey, when you're in the presence of Pharaoh, remember me. Two years go by, and the cupbearer did not remember Joseph. In other words, stop trying to force something and go through it. See, Joseph thought he was smart. He said, I'm going to use the talents and gift that God has given me. Not only to bless others, but to bless myself and try to get out of my situation as quickly as possible. And God said, no, because I want you to learn something in your process. You can't skip the process. In order to get progress in life, you got to go through a process. And the problem is that we're trying to get shortcuts. We're trying to get around situations. And God is saying, no matter how many times you go around the situation, you're going to start right where you left off. Because until you understand and get the point that I want you to get and learn the lesson that I want you to learn, I cannot use you. Because if I prematurely set you up to a blessing, you can abort it. Halfway through. Amen. So here's Joseph in that prison. And the Bible illustrates that the prison that Joseph is currently in is the prison of Pharaoh. Meaning that the only people that were in that jail were people that served Pharaoh. Okay? So in those two years while he's in that prison, guess what he's learning? The ways of Pharaoh. You see, some of you right now as I speak, have yet to be promoted because you're not learning anything in the midst of your situation. You're just looking for a handout. You're just looking for someone to bail you out. What good is it if somebody bails you out? Like, for example, 2008, the housing crisis. Fast forward to uh, 12 years later today, we have yet to learn anything from that. According to, to, to reports, we have picked up more debt than any other generation that exists previous, previously to us. And in the last 12 years, we accumulated 75% more. We have yet to learn from what happened in 2008 when the market bubble and the whole recession came into play. And now we're waiting for the government to bail us out. Let me tell you something. Whatever you don't address in your life, sooner or later will address you. Live long enough and you will bleed. How many, of you, uh, how many of us, including myself, want to push rewind on life? Nothing wrong with the things you accomplish so fast, right? In life, right? But you say to yourself, man, if I could go back, 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 but in life you can't go back. You could only go forward. Even when you're stuck, you're still moving forward. How are you moving forward? You're still in the mess. You just relocated it. So people say, oh, I, I got to get out of Springfield. I got to get out of Springfield. I'm, I got to go to Florida. I can't make it here. I, I'm going through so much. Let me tell you something. You're lying to yourself because you're taking the same demons to Florida. 
And then two years later, you'll end up back in Springfield because nobody in Florida wanted those demons. So they evicted you. And you end up back in the same place where you started. God is so good. Amen. So at the age of 30, Pharaoh has a dream. And Joseph is 30 years old now. And, 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 and this dream tormented Pharaoh. And, and Pharaoh was looking for answers. So Pharaoh put out an invoice and said, hey, if there's anyone out there that knows someone that can interpret these dreams, let them know that I need interpretation. I need some kind of peace in my life. So the butler, who was on his last corona, that went over some of y'all heads. You know, he was the butler, getting tipsy all the time, getting drunk, serving Pharaoh. Now he knows his life is on the line because Pharaoh's upset, Pharaoh's angry, and he's ready to clean house. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, wait a minute, I remember somebody. You see, when pressure is put on you, you remember certain things. Isn't that funny how life works? That we got to find ourselves in trouble in order to remind ourselves what we should have been doing from day one. You know, it's crazy, right? We live here in New England. We get all four seasons, right? People right now is having a good time buying all the things that are up in clearance sale. They have nothing to do with the winter. Shorts, bikinis, you name it. And then when the snow falls, because here in New England is unpredictable, I can't find a shovel. I can't. They take them all. They take them all. Can you, you couldn't find a shovel in the summer? You couldn't buy a coat in the summer? See, you know seasons are coming, but we don't prepare ourselves, and then we blame everyone else except ourselves. Do yourself a favor. Help yourself before you wreck yourself. Right now is not time to be buying some tanning lotion. Now is time to buy some chapstick for your crusty lips. Some lotion for your ashy kneecaps, because your wife will remind you. I can't get away with it at home. I walk around in shorts and my wife was like, look at those kneecaps. Yuck. She says a word that I can't say in English. She said, tu no te bochona. It sounds better that way. You're not ashamed of yourself. Ain't you the man of God walking around with some ashy kneecaps? And I'll turn around and I'll reverse. I said, these ashy kneecaps have been praying, girl. I've been in the floor praying, God. And she's like, no, you haven't. Because there's a rug underneath the bed, buddy. And when I'm ready to bust a cabin, I said, hallelujah, holla back. You're right. You're right, baby. Let me tell you something. I'm going to make this easy for the both of us. I'm going to go grab me some lotion. And I'm going to give you the pleasure (laughs) of rubbing me down, girl. I'm a holy man. (laughs) So at the age of 30... The opportunity comes. Pharaoh has a dream. Here the butler recommends Joseph who's been in prison. Pharaoh says, go and get him quickly for him, uh, for me and bring him here so that he can interpret this dream for me. And in the process of doing that, Joseph says, hold on. Before I go into the presence of the Pharaoh, I must first take a shower, shave, and change my clothes. Understand this. As a Hebrew, it was disrespectful for you to shave your beard. You, you, you could not shave your beard. It was part of culture. But Joseph understood in those two years in jail, if you want to go somewhere in life, you have to shave off. I know some of you ain't getting it, but I'm, I'm going to make you get it. Sometimes you got to take certain things off of you in order to get places where God wants you to be. In other words, stop being ratchet. Stop being ghetto. Be a person of character. 
Take yourself serious before other people take you serious. I just want people to respect me. You don't respect yourself. You, 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 you don't do anything to educate yourself. All you're doing is watching the Kardashians do absolutely nothing. And you call that entertainment. Let me tell you something. That's not entertainment. And I'm sorry if I use the Kardashian. Whatever show you're, you're watching or indulging in, there's nothing wrong. But there's a limit and a time for everything. And some of us just give time to nothing. It's like drinking bath water. Yuck. Would you drink bath water? No. But some of us are consuming a lot of garbage, a lot of garbage, a lot of trash. And we talk like trash, we walk like trash, and we look like trash. And then we wonder why people don't respect us, because we don't respect ourselves to begin with. And Joseph learned that in order for him to be used by God, he had to let go of his traditions. He had to let go of his culture. He had to let go of his intellect. He had to let go of all those things that were keeping him stuck in a place and not going anywhere in life. Am I talking to somebody today here? If God has told you, write a book, start writing it. God has the editor. God has the person that's going to fund that book. God has the book company that's going to take upon that book. All you got to do is start walking and stop talking. Oh, one day I'm going to write this book. One day I'm going to lose weight. One day I'm going to buy a new car. One day I'm going to buy a new house. One day I'm going to get cable. That's some people's dreams, to have cable. Believe me when I tell you this talking to a friend of mine who's a Christian. He said, oh, Pastor Jose, I'm so excited. God is so good. And I say, wow, what's going on, buddy? Tell me, tell me, you know, get to the point. Because sometimes I get desperate. You know, the older you get, you're like, get to the point. You know, you know, like your patient runs thin. Am I the only one? Am I the only one? Can I get some help in here? Like when, when somebody's going to tell you something, they're like, oh, I can't wait to tell you. You want them to tell you right now. Get to the details. Get to the point. I don't make no statement. Say, here, I got something to tell you at 7 o'clock in the morning when you know I got to get going. Oh, yeah, tell me now because it's going to be in my mind all day. I'm going to text you. I'm going to email you. I'm going to FaceTime you. I want to know what you want me to know. And the older you get. Oh, wow. I even forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Woo! 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 <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> Give God a round of applause, church. Amen. God is good. So he tells the dream to Pharaoh. God gives him the opportunity to come into the presence of Pharaoh. He tells Pharaoh the dream. He interprets the dream to Pharaoh. He explains to Pharaoh what God intends to do. Pharaoh now decides to come up with a plan and idea. And he says, I need someone that I can trust. I'm going to create a position where there wasn't no position. For the first time in the history of Egypt, we're going to have a governor. And that's you, an outsider. Sometimes we, uh, we, we, we treat life like this. It's unfair. You know, we're not part of the club. We're not part of the team. We're not part of the family. Boo-hoo. Thank God for the black sheep. I'm a black sheep. Thank God for the outcast. I'm an outcast. I'm an outcast. I'm an outcast. Oh, 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 oh. And God uses outcasts. God uses the people that no one likes and no one wants so that he can shame those who think they're better. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Trust me, baby. Trust me. I have lived proof of that. Amen. And Pharaoh goes, that man is you. I'm going to put you all over in charge. Of the land of Egypt. The only difference between you and I. Will be these two chairs. And this signature ring. They bring a. a, 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 a they, they, they bring him. His wardrobe. A purple gown. Meaning royalty. A nice gold chain. Oh. Bling bling. Man of God can't have a. a, a go to the Bible. They had them nice chains. What they, what they call them now today? They, they have a name for them. 
They don't use jewelry. They have another name for chains and, and diamonds and things of like that. Candy, right? Candy. Candy, that's what they say, right? These kids, man. I got some candy. I'm over here. Oh, yeah, let me get some lightsabers. Let me get some. And they're talking about this. You, you see, if I was in the hood and they would have played me like that, I'd say, I'm about to get some candy. Boop, take the chain, go to the pawn shop, get the money, and get the candy. Thank God I've been saying sanctify. Y'all be posting your house, and I was a thief back then. Oh, man, all day, all day. While you at Walmart posting, I'm at Walmart. I'm in your house taking your TV. I just left your house. Wow, we, we haven't learned anything in life. Amen. So now Joseph comes into his role. He begins to do what God has called him to do. And in the midst of all of that, Joseph finds favor. Everything he touches and everything that he does, it, it, God's hand is upon it. Let me tell you something. When you know who you are and what God has called you to do, you don't need absolutely no credit from anyone. You don't need other people to speak. You don't need no validation. Some of you are waiting for other people to give you the validation. God has approved you. That's enough. Let my life be my resume. Some of you are. If I was friends with Donald Trump, if I was friends with the guy from Tesla, if I was friends with the guy from Amazon, if I was friends with Kanye West, if I was friends with the Kim Kardashian, if I was friends with this, let me tell you something. If those people ain't free and you were their friend, you'd be carrying their demons too. Sometimes it's better to be by yourself. I don't need no validation. I'm, I'm not judging them. What I'm saying is sometimes it's better for you to be on your own. Because when you on your own, you find yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And when you know who you are, definitely you know where you're going. God is delivering you. That's why your friends ain't calling you no more. Don't blame the devil. Thank the devil. Thank you, devil, for taking those devils. Thank you, devil, for taking those devils. Gracias, Señor, por esos demonios que te llevaste. Que te llevaste. Que te llevaste. Gracias. Gracias. Why they laugh? Why they move? They don't like me. Only if you knew. Only if you knew, thank God, if you knew what you know now, you would have paid their ticket. You would have been like, where are you going? Oh, amen, I'm going to make sure you go to Hawaii. I'm going to make sure you go to the other side of the world continent. Far away, bye. Don't worry, you don't need to call me, you don't need to text me. I'll call you. So at the age of 39... A drought comes into the nation at the time of Egypt, which was the most powerful nation. And, and here Joseph finds himself in the position of being a blessing to other nations. So he has enough grains. He has put away. Uh, I, I want to make it short because I don't want to get into details. Read the story. You'll find the story of Joseph, by the way, in Genesis chapter 37 through uh, chapter 50. That's the story of Joseph. You can look that up in your own time. But anyhow, so here at the age of 39, he is visited by his brothers, the ones who betray him. Their brothers have no idea that Joseph is still alive and that Joseph is the man that he is. But Joseph understands that everything serves a purpose. So at the age of 39, he reveals himself to his brothers. His brothers are downfounded. They're like, oh my God, oh my God, this whole time we thought you were dead. We're so sorry. And the brothers are thinking the worst is to happen. And Joseph says, no, 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 no. What you meant for evil. What you meant for evil, God meant for good for me. There are certain things that you're going to go through in life. They're not fair. It's not right. They mistreated you. They talked about you. They delete you. They unfriend you. They don't want nothing to do. God is saying those things are working out for good. Only if you knew that in due season, you're going to come out and all of it's going to make sense. All of it. 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 So stop stressing. Stop stressing. They laid you off. God has another door. Some of the greatest inventions, some of the greatest entrepreneurs came from nothing. From nothing. I love that. I love to be the underdog. 
That's why many people ask me when they see me walking around the mall. I got the Buffalo beer, Beers gear. I got, I got the San Antonio Spurs gear. And they'll be like, you like that team? Yep, yep. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because I don't jump on nobody's wagon. I've been on this wagon for a while. Now, when you see the Buffalo Bills winning, now everybody wants, oh, I'm a Bills. No, you ain't. Get off my train, brother. Get off the train, brother. You know how many? We lost four Super Bowls, baby. But we still standing. We didn't steal no Super Bowls. I got security, brother. So if you're trying to attack me, they're going to jump on you, man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. God is good. Some Patriot fans here trying to mug me, trying to look at me a certain way, brother. I got gats. God is good. Give God a round of applause. So he reveals himself to his brothers and to his family. His father, they bring him into his presence. And they said, Joseph is alive. His, bro- his father begins to live again. The Bible says that for 20 years, his father was dead. And his emotions and feelings, knowing that Joseph was thinking or imagining that his son was, was, was died to wild animals. But in the midst of this, there was a plot. There was a lie. There was a, a fabricated story. His brother sold him and told the father another story. So now the father comes to greet him. And the father sees him for the first time in, in more than 17 years. And Joseph is now 39 years old. And he reveals himself to his brothers. He holds no grudges. That's how you know that you heal. When somebody that hurt you walk into the same place that you're in and you feel the same way that you were feeling before. In the sense like you had it all together. Now all of a sudden this person walked in. Now you don't feel no kind of grudge. The, the moves, it's not changed. The atmosphere is not changed. You feel the same way that you felt prior. That's how you know when you really heal. Amen. So at the age of 56, his father Jacob dies. Uh, at the age of 147 years old. So we see here that during this time in the life of Joseph, Joseph spent more than 39 years of his life trying to a certain extent to make sense of what took place in his life as a young man. Let me tell you something. This is one of the things that I learned from the story of Joseph. Stop asking why. Stop. Stop trying to make sense or re-hashtag old things. Leave it. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. If you don't, that stuff is going to consume you to the point that it's going to be toxic and it's going to kill you. You see, I keep telling you, I'm going to live as, as long as I can for a very, very long time. And the reason behind that is because I'm not allowing little things to fester in my heart anymore. You see, the older you get, you learn that it's not even worth it. You over here stressing about these people because they're talking about you. And they got the nurse. They, not only they betrayed you. Not only they talked about you. Not only they stole from you. They got the nurse to post pictures that they're having a good time. And that God is blessing them. How can God bless a hot mess? But if you feed into that. You're falling right into the trap. There was a spider that made a web. And there was a fly flying around. And the spider said, hey! The, sp- the spider was Spanish. Mira! You know we Spanish. Mira means look, but we say mira. I don't know why. Mira, mira, mira! Baja para abajo que estoy haciendo sancocho. Come down here, I'm making a stew. Come, yeah, tú, tú, sí, tú. When it says tú, when you hear a Spanish person say tú, they really mean it. <laughs> Come down. And the fly said, oh, I'm flying. And the spider said, Jose, I know. 
Pero baja, come down. Some of y'all just fly. Don't know where you're going in life. And all of a sudden a spider comes in and makes a trap and calls you down. So the fly gave in. And the fly got trapped in the spider's web. And the fly said, wait, I can't come out. What's going on? I don't smell the mondongo. I don't smell the, I don't smell the cuchifrito. I, I, I don't smell the sofrito. I don't smell, I don't smell nothing. What's going on? And the spider said, oh, it's time to eat. He said, I comió. That's some of y'all falling for traps, knowing better. Pastor, God tell you, don't go there. Don't go there. Oh, no, 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 no. I got to go there because I got to see with my very own eyes. You go in with two eyes, you come out with one eye. The devil is a liar. No, you a liar. God is so good. Enjoy every day and make the most out of it. I close with these six points. First of all, never compare your life to the life of Joseph. Joseph was Joseph and you are you. Never take the Bible out of contact. Point number one that I learned from the story of Joseph. Betrayal sometimes comes from the ones you love the most. It hurts more when your flesh and blood does it to you. See, if it was a stranger or someone you didn't know or someone you met along the way in your life, but it doesn't hurt most when a family member does it to you. He overcame that. Number two, he was sold into slavery at the age of 17. Whatever you're going through, age ain't nothing but a number. But in all reality, this young man got sold into slavery He lost every single right that he once knew. And now he was under the master's hand. But in the midst of that, he didn't forget who he was, even at a young age. If you're still crying about what happened to you at the age of 17 when you were in the cafeteria and Billy Bob came and stole your milk. And you yet to forgive Billy Bob for stealing your milk. That's pitiful. Get over it. Get over it. Maybe Billy Bob meant to bless you by taking that expired milk that you realized wasn't expired. You were going to drink it. That's why I, make, I, I try not to make sense out of every situation because every situation serves its purpose. And in due season, it will give me the reason behind it. Amen? Number three. Every place that he went to, he was blessed. If you walk right with God, everywhere you go, everywhere you go will be blessed. Are you hearing me? Everywhere you go. You see, sometimes we go to work and we go with our minds made up. I'm walking into this place and all these demons around me and I can't stand it here. And we create, we give into an atmosphere that was set before us instead of creating our own atmosphere. What happened to the bold people that say, Aquino? Aquino? Remember those people? They will stand in the rightful place and say, not here. Not here. I remember my mom, when they used to talk ill about the other kids, they'd be like, not mines. Not mines. Not my kids. Them other kids are smoking. Not my kids are smoking. And I find out my kids are smoking. I'm going to make sure that every teeth they got in their mouth will end up in this ashtray. She even had a place to put the teeth in. We were introduced to early dentures. That's why we covered our mouths. Because we knew they were going to come flying. We were going to look as ugly as a jack-o'-lantern. The parents of today. That's another story. I'm not going to go there. I want to go safely into my car. And I want to take my wife, my daughter, safely home. Amen? 
Genesis chapter 39 verse 2 says it very clearly that the Lord was with Joseph in every, and he was a successful man. Number three. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 3 says, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that everything he made, the Lord prosper in his hands. You're looking for other people to approve of you. Let God be the one that approves of you. You don't need no validation. You don't need someone to say something about you. Let God say something about you. Because according to this scripture, it said that the, the master saw God in Joseph. The problem today is that many people are not seeing God in you. They're seeing you in you. And you're trying to force something. That's why when God tells me that he's going to bless me, I don't get desperate. Because what's for me is for me. I remember when I I, I, I went uh, shopping for a car. The salesman. It's the last car on the lot. You know, you're not going to run. And I said, okay, que me importa? I'm just being real. I said, there's plenty of cars, brother. I'll go somewhere else. My money's still green. You see, and we allow people to force us into things that we're not from God to begin with. When it's from God, it comes to you. You don't go after it. So I walked in that dealership and I gave him a piece of my mind. Two days later, he called me with an incredible deal. It was so true. It was so good to be true that he said, I'm going to throw three years of free oil changes. I said, hallelujah, my God is anointed. I need three years of free oil changes. My God is a God of oil. I have anointed oil. Now I have oil in my car for the next three years. And he said, whatever you say, just come pick up your car. And I said, I'll be right there. He didn't know I was speaking in tongues. <laughs> Amen. Number four. They accused him and put him in jail. Stop complaining about your situation. Stop complaining about it. It's not going to make a difference. Whatever you're going through and whatever you're going to go through, it serves a purpose. So you might as, might as well enjoy it as much as you can. Amen. Number five. God repays and restores everything. God keeps account of everything. Stop reminding God of what people have done to you. Stop carrying a checklist and, and checking off the things that God has said that he was going to do. No, no. Let it be recorded in your mind that when God desires to do it, he will do it. And stop trying to force God's hand. I received a check in the mail a couple years ago. Unexpected check. I love unexpected checks, by the way. So if you want to write me a check, by all means. I'm just saying. And I opened up the mail, and it was a check for like $800. I said, holy. I put it back. I thought it was, you know, one of those, uh, those fake checks. They <laughs> try to lower you into a store or, or into <laughs> I opened and said, holy. My wife said, you know, if you, if, if, you, <laughs> if, if you're married to a Latina, nine out of ten times they'll say, gay! What is it? So we got to check. She's like, what you mean? We got to check. I got to check. These Spanish women, they're conquerors. <laughs> it's in their DNA. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, I got to be careful what I say because my wife has threatened me. She's like, you better, you better stop it. You know, you're always picking on us women. I, re I remember when... Uh, <laughs> one of them guys that I was mentoring said, oh, I would like to marry a Latina. I said, no, you don't. You know, stick in your lane, brother. Stick in your lane. Because a spicy Latina 
won't curse you out. They'll curse out the people that are dead in your family. They'll engrave the dead and they say, Tu eres como tu papá, como tu abuela. Santo. I said, brother, that's a life sentence, man. Now, just, amen. I bless, I bless a lot of Latinas. We Latinos, we, God bless you. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Amen. Beautiful. Number six, and finally, everything that you have gone through in life is for the sake of others. You are the bridge. You are the gap. Some of the things that I've gone through in life, my daughter's not going to go through. She's not. Because I paid the way. But when she has her own children, she's going to remember me. And she's going she's gonna to say, man, I remember when my father used to say, Telo. I told. Now she's like, dang, man, now I got to hear him twice. In my spirit and in my soul. Everything you're going through right now serves a purpose. You have no idea how many lives you're going to save with your own testimony. Even if people don't listen, they're really listening. They just ain't admitting to you that they're listening to you. But they're listening to you. Trust me, my mom used to take us to the doctor's. And the doctors used to come out with the report. They say, their eyes are good. Their, 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 their blood pressure is good. And when they got to the hearing part, all oh, the hearing tests came out. The hearing tests came out. This is my mom's shot face. They hear good. And my mom said, que? <laughs> que? She will, she will say, I'm going to interpret in English. Did you hear what he said that you can hear well? Que tú puedes oír bien. ¿Y por qué tú no me oyes? I didn't tell her then. But I tell her now. Is that I changed the channel. And let me tell you something. I know it's funny, but many of us don't hear the voice of God because we have changed the channel. And we're hearing everybody else except God, and then we want to blame God. For those who are watching us live, God bless you. My name is Pastor Jose Martinez here at the Resurrection Center. To learn more about our ministry, log on to our website, www.resurrectionspringfield.org. Social media platforms at TRC413. May God bless you and continue to keep on fighting the good fight. We bless you in Jesus' name. For those who are here, rise up to your feet. I want you all to look at this image on the wall here. It shows a man... Standing upon a rock, looking down on a city. The image of this picture or illustration is to show you that in one point in your life, that's going to be you. And you're going to understand that your past serves a purpose. Everything you're going through in life serves a purpose. Let's... Now, Lord, is